Tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Are you ready? LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Max show where man tries to steal fairy with acts for revolution. Now, <laughs> this is not a very small person with wings. And so I'm guessing it's the other guy. I think the little the little person with wings might be better to steal for a revolution. But, you know, yes. But no, police in Bremerton, Washington, arrested a man Sunday who illegally boarded an out of service fast ferry and allegedly tried to steal it. A woman and her uh-huh. two kids were waiting for a ferry to Seattle. And watch from a near from nearby as this guy pushed buttons in the wheelhouse. Uh, ferry captain, a ferry captain on a different ferry, saw the man on the fast ferry and alerted the authorities. Bremerton police spokesperson Aaron Elton says the man is in his forties and told police a revolution was coming, and that's why he needed to take the boat. <laughs> the man faces charges of burglary, theft, malicious mischief, and unlawful transit conduct. <laughs> wow. I think he would have been better off stealing a little person with wings. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. There have been um, some stories this week where, I mean, Mark, really, I looked at it and went, no, nah, you're making stuff up now. <laughs> so... Colorado Rescue discovers rare male calico unicorn kitten. Somebody call Ringling Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Look for the glue. You know. <laughs> well, it's it's unicorn in the sense that they're just un they're unheard of, right? They're just uh-huh. you don't ever see them. An animal rescue group said one of its volunteers is currently caring for a male calico kitten. A feline, thank you, so rare, Mm -hmm. they're often called unicorn kittens. Uh, Noco Kitties in Loveland said the kitten and his siblings were born in a Weld County shed and were turned over to the Weld County Humane Society before coming to Noco Kitties. Volunteer Allie Magish, or Magish, Mm -hmm. or okay, who is fostering the three kittens and their mother, Amber, said she started to suspect one of the three calicos might be male and a veterinarian confirmed it. Only one in 3,000 calico kittens are born male, veterinarians said. Calicos typically end up with the coloration due to getting different color genes from the X chromosomes they receive from their parents. Noco Kitty said the kitten, called Charlie the Unicorn, <laughs> Uh-huh. will eventually be made available for adoption. <laughs> well, Mark, there are times in, in my life where I've often said, I'd like to find something that could be called a unicorn, you know, <laughs> just for fun. Really? So Charlie the Unicorn, sure, you yeah. know. Okay. It, why not? Hmm. No. No, it's a cat. I yeah. forgot. It's a cat. No, no cats. <laughs> I, have, I have this feeling that you could go out and gather up 100 people this morning yes. mm-hmm. and ask all of them, uh, about whether or not they have ever heard of calico kittens being male or female, or if it made a difference and you wouldn't have a single one of them that said, Oh yeah, I heard of that. Yeah, I have. I, I actually, when you were doing this, I thought, should I act like I know what he's talking about? I have no clue. I'm thinking, you know what? This is why we see those t-shirts by people that are in the LGBTQIA community. Yes. And it's got this kitten on there and you go, why are they wearing a calico cat? They're all confused. <laughs>
liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show where we talk about what we watch on TV. We talk about what we watch on YouTube. We talk about life, you know. Yep. We talk about people that we don't know. We talk about people wherever we go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and? So, it only stands to reason that I've seen a few Cops episodes. Yeah. Where somebody said they're, they're you know, arrested and while they're being searched they mm -hmm. find drugs in their pants right right and the person will say hey i borrowed these pants they are not mine and they say it it's like you realize yes. then yes. whenever you deal with alcoholics and drug addicts right. and things yes. like that they stop maturing okay uh, about the time they start using yeah. so if a person starts using at a fairly early age they no longer continue to mature right so a lot when you're in I don't know, fifth or sixth grade, and you think this is a hey, mom, you know, I didn't steal that cookie, you know, right. and I got yes. cookie crumbs on yeah. my mouth. Yeah. They think it's legitimate to say, my brother stole the cookie, he ate it, and then he rubbed the crumbs <laughs> on my mouth, so you think right. I did it. Yes. They think it makes sense, right? Right, yes. That cut, and that, that goes through to life. Mm -hmm. They're not my pants. That's right. I, it's just like it's totally normal that everybody would accept that you, oh, you might be wearing somebody else's clothes. Yeah, absolutely as a, as a you're a grown man you're a grown adult but no i mm -hmm. borrowed these pants. i yeah, went to right. my friend's house and i said hey you've got a pair of dirty pants on the floor that i'd like to wear yep. what do you think yeah do you think they'll fit <laughs> well you would think at the age of 62 someone mm -hmm. would have learned that this is a life lesson they should uh, pick up on oh wow. but no <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> oh my. Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Why? Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Cameron Ernest Bell. We have all three of his names, so we know he's in trouble. Uh -huh. He's 62 of Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Allegedly stopped at the intersection of Elmira Street and Hawthorne Avenue on April 12th in front of Williamsport police officers. The okay. intersection doesn't have a stop sign for the direction Bell was traveling. <laughs> Police also knew he had a suspended license. Officer Andrew Stevens was on patrol and caught up to Bell. Bell allegedly slurred his words and had bloodshot uh -huh. eyes and droopy eyelids, according to Officer Stevens. Bell showed signs of impairment during a sobriety test. Officers located a half ounce of methamphetamine in his sock. No. In, no. in his somebody sock. Else's socks. Yes. Somebody else's socks. <laughs> and a baggie of crack elsewhere on him they also mm. found a crack pipe in one of his pants pockets bell told stevens the pants weren't his <laughs> he was he was unsure how that meth got into his sock bell <laughs> allegedly refused a blood test he was taken into custody charged with possession with intent possession of a controlled substance and dui second offense along with several summary traffic offenses and stopping mm -hmm. at imaginary stop signs well you know, Mark, if you don't stop at the imaginary ones, what are you supposed to do? Just drive around like a maniac in somebody else's pants? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. And, you know, Mark, um, I pulled a book out of the out of the dust the other day. Um, Geraldo Rivera wrote a book in the late 80s called yeah. Exposing Myself. Right, yeah. And, in, in you know, the fact that uh, Jerry Springer died yesterday yeah. at the age of, what, 79? Yes, yes. Um, I, I, the reason I bring up Geraldo is that I looked on Jerry Springer's bios, and they're like the original, the the uh, first king of tra trash TV or whatever. Right, yeah. And I was like, that's not true at all. <laughs> that That is absolutely, because Geraldo was there before him, 
and Geraldo got bashed on the melon, you know, by one of his, uh, by a neo-Nazi or something, you know, on the show. Yeah. And before Geraldo's show, there was Robert Downey, you know, not Robert Downey, but the other guy. Yes. Uh, yeah. Last, yeah. Anyway, Morton Downey Jr. Morton Downey. Yeah, yes. Mort, he was the la he was the crazy cat. But wow, anyway, yeah. but Jerry Springer, he did last for a long, long time and even did a movie called Ringmaster. Yeah. But I wondered when I saw this, okay. Will they mention the fact that before Jerry Springer was a talk show host, he was actually the mayor of Cincinnati. Wow. And he actually, and, and it was mentioned in a couple of news, you know, news sites that reported it. Now the tabloids all said ringmaster kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, uh, when you went to CNN or Fox, they reported the former mayor of Cincinnati and trash TV guy. And, but thing is, most people don't know what happens. Jerry Springer, when he was mayor of Cincinnati, he was a younger man, and it looked like he was going to have a big future in politics, certainly um, in Ohio. You know, it looked like he could be a governor um, and maybe more. There was really talk about this. Wow. Until they found out something. Uh-oh. He went across state lines into Kentucky and went to a house of ill repute oh. and wrote a check for services rendered. Oh. And so <laughs> as he was getting ready to run for mayor, I think a second time, uh, these canceled checks showed up. Somebody oh. made copies. Yeah. Oh. And so that was it. And so when politics was away, what did he do? Well, I can't do politics. I know. I'll just do politics on TV. There <laughs> we go. It's a talk show. And we had that. So now you know the truth about it. Now you know the rest of the story, wow. as Paul Harvey would say. Jerry Springer, the former mayor of Cincinnati, dead at the age of 79. It's odd that uh, the guy who was the mayor of of Washington DC for how many years? Mary and Barry. Mary and Barry yeah. basically was doing the same thing and they kept reelecting him. So. Yeah. And, but, and you know, with Mary and Barry caught on video, smoking yes. crack with a hooker yes. and wait a minute. His, can we, his can, defense, can we, they yeah. set me up, man. Right. It was all a setup. You really. still did it. <laughs> wow. LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And a little while ago, when we ended up talking about Jerry Springer and yeah. Marion Barry, because it was just, hey, where's the rabbit? There it is, shiny squirrel. Okay. <laughs> I actually started by mentioning I pulled out a book out of the shelf, uh, yes. the old Geraldo Rivera show. Right. Uh, yes. It's called Exposing Myself and covers yeah. a long, it's a very interesting book for broadcasters who realize, you know, in radio and TV, you work, you know, a lot of times you have, you have two ways of getting into radio and TV. Uh, back in the day, I don't know what it's like now, but you would either go to school, get a degree and then start in a small area, you know, or intern with a big one. And if you're a good enough intern, get a job. Okay. Mm -hmm. At a network. Yeah, right. You can do that. It does happen. Yep. Or, you know, you, um, get you like with Mark and I, we both, uh, were doing radio. I, I was doing it in school before I graduated high school. Yeah. I think you were too, right? Or you yeah, I, I was in, I was getting started in it. Yeah, okay. like like yeah, part part time I, I, jobs and things like that. Yeah. yeah, I actually got my first job in radio at fourteen. Wow. So yeah, those are the ways you know you used to be able to get into it. But one of the funny things is in Geraldo's case, he really didn't know what to do, and you know he's been married two hundred and fifty eight times, and I think it was his first or second wife in the sixties. Okay. After he went to Arizona State, uh, did you know that's where he went to school? No, in Arizona to go. No. Yeah, you're a New Yorker, born and bred, but you end up in Arizona to go to college. What wow. does that tell you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But his his first, he gets married in college, and 
his new father-in-law, he's getting ready to graduate, and his new father-in-law says, well, have you thought about a career? You know, he's worried about his daughter. And by the way, the first woman Geraldo married was well off. Her family was very well off. Hmm. And the new father-in-law says, you know, I don't know if you thought about this, but you're smart. You're talking to Geraldo. And I think he, still, he was still going by Jerry at that time, Jerry Riviera. And that that's actually a true story, by the way. Jerry Riviera okay. was the name he grew up using. And you want to talk about, oh, well, how bad America can be sometimes? <laughs> the stigma of being Hispanic then was such that his, yeah. his mother, who was Jewish, his dad was Puerto Rican, she is the one that actually listed his name in school as Riviera to make it sound more European. It wasn't him doing the changing. It was his mother. So Jerry Riviera graduates from college. His father-in-law says, you know, you're smart. You're quick-witted. You ever thought about being a lawyer? Hmm. And the only job he had held at that point was like as a vacuum salesman door-to-door and selling socks wow. at a, a retail outlet. Wow. And he was like, well, that sounds like a good idea. So they move back to New York. He goes to law school at night while working during the day. Anyway, I'm reading this book, and it covers everything from starting at ABC in New York, which you, you rarely start on the air at ABC in New York, you know as an O&O, and owned and operated in the biggest market in America, that's not where you start your career normally. No, you know? no, uh-uh. That's where, after 20 years, if you're any good, you hope to get there. Right. Uh, he started there. So, And he started there because he was Hispanic. That's how he got mm, the job. Yeah. They were looking for, they were trying to diversify the look right. of their TV yeah. news. Yeah. And so they had a black female anchor. They did have a white guy. But then they had other kind of, I don't mm-hmm. know, like they hired Jim Bowden as a sports guy. Mm-hmm. He was the one who wrote the book Ball Four. And it was such a big expose in baseball. They threw him out of baseball. So ABC in New York was rated, you know, there were like three networks, right? And they were like fifth in news. So they were like, we got to do anything. And Jerry Riviera, Geraldo Rivera, he was representing the Young Lords, which was a street gang that decided to, uh, communists, they took over a church and kicked the parishioners out, kicked out the people who paid to build the church and turned it into a community center. Yep. Squatters. Yep. Yeah. And they took over and there were politicians behind it. Okay. Think about that. Yep. And Geraldo, he was representing the young Lords anyway. Yeah. So he's on TV as their representative. And I don't know what the guy's name was that was doing the news at the time at ABC. He looked down, wait a minute, Hispanic guy, kind of handsome, got the mustache and long hair. He'd be great on TV. Hmm. So, they reached out to him. Wow. And he came that's how he got his first gig. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, in his book, after he talks about getting fired from ABC, which was, you know, right before he gets fired, he did a running of the bulls in Pamplona. Um, this is okay. something that Ernest Hemingway writes about, right? Well, now but I understand why we're telling the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was during this running of the bulls. Okay. And you know, you have to get the shot. If you're telling a story from a first person's perspective, you have to get a shot of the guy running with the bulls, your yeah, guy. Exactly. So the yeah. camera has to be trained. Now, today, we have video, and we would know right away, uh, you know, digitally, did we get the shot? And we right, would have yeah. many, many cameras trained on oh, the yeah. individual. Yep. And because he's running in a group, and they're all dressed the same, there's an outfit <laughs> to run. Okay? It's a white white yes, shirt, white is. pants with, is, with yeah. a red bandana, a red yep. scarf, yep. and a beret or something. And, that's what, and, and the only thing you could use was a rolled-up piece of paper as your weapon against the bull you know and so here he comes they, they got the cameras trained they know exactly where he's going to be but as he comes into the stadium all of a sudden the cameraman realizes everybody looks like geraldo who do we you know so they he comes in they're shooting on film 
And Geraldo's got he's he fell, he's he's bruised up, he's cut up, and but he did it, he's triumphant. And they're like, I'm not sure if we got it, man. You're gonna have to run again the next day. And see, the running of the bulls <laughs> takes place over a, it's a spirited yeah. four yeah. day quest or three day quest. And so he does it the second day. And this time they think they got the shot. Okay. Oh You've done it twice. They think but and the thing is, they didn't know this at the time. But in the newspapers there in Spain, a couple of the local newspapers had put the picture of him running into the stadium, the American journalist doing this, on the cover of the paper. They didn't know it at the time because, again, it wasn't a digital age. They, yeah, it took yeah. days to get stuff. Yeah. And so now he's run two days in a row. They got the shot. He's not running the third day. He's leaving. He has the tickets. They're going home. And the other guys that he had kind of made friends with that were also running said, hey, you're not a real man until you've done it the whole three days. You uh-huh. have to do it through. And he's like, what? What do you mean three days? Like, yeah, it's a three-day festival. You got to do it for three days. One day is not enough. Two days, you have to do it. And they kind of shamed him. And so even though they had the shot and they didn't even video the last one, he ran the third day. Wow. And he says that he ran and wanted to get out of there so fast. They had their tickets, right? Yeah. He's meeting with his, and, and they, he runs through the stadium and they run straight to the airport, hop in a cab and go. And he flew home in that white outfit, you know? Wow. And so there you go. That was the running of the bulls that got me to Geraldo Rivera. And believe it or not, a story that now I have gone so long, <laughs> it will have to wait. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark at this point in time we're doing a salute to geraldo rivera today and uh if it's you're an just all geraldo us, friday yeah. hey <laughs> you know what if you uh, if you've missed part of it go back you know you can listen to the podcast every day it'll make sense but right now wandering bulls yes. visit to residential neighborhood caught on camera this would have been shocking 20 years ago, yeah. okay? Yeah. On. Well, no, 30 years ago. Right. Because yeah. even 20 years ago, most of us had a camera on a phone or, you know, something. Yeah. I think, didn't yeah. we? Uh, were, maybe, yeah. Was it the iPhone that really put the camera on the phone mm, that we used? I think so. Okay. I, I really do think so. I think the, the first smartphone, including right. the camera. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, so 15 years ago, not as much, but now everybody, if a bull walks down my neighborhood, I'm going to have it on camera. Pretty much. The, either the ring doorbells will pick it up mm-hmm. or, you know, I, m- Mrs. Kramer or whatever her name is, the, the Gladys that's always it's Gladys Kravitz. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Well, a wandering bull made its way to a residential neighborhood in Texas where it was caught on video by security cameras and surprised witnesses. The mystery bull was spotted wandering around yards in in a Dickinson neighborhood in the early morning on on a search for Geraldo Rivera, actually. Uh, one resident's ring doorbell <laughs> camera recorded the bull walking past their front door while another resident's home security camera captured the... <laughs> bovine they, ah. they did it wandering in his driveway uh witnesses said they do not know where the bull came from it was unclear whether the bull was returned to its home or whether local authorities were called about the animal <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know i mean the, uh, you get up in the morning you're having that first cup of coffee you're sip, sitting there sipping it and the cobwebs are clearing you look out the window bull and it doesn't yeah. register, you know, it just doesn't no. until later in the day. Did I see a bull in the driveway? No, I didn't. I, you know what? Because if I tell somebody they're taking me to a meeting at lunch, you know, <laughs> 
liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. Cruising along, singing a song. It's Friday. Yeehaw. <laughs> wow. Yeehaw, Hooray Mark. for us. <laughs> yeah. Hooray for Holly Weird. All right, so yeah. researchers teach parrots to make video calls. Because nothing could ever go wrong with this. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Researchers from the United States and Scotland said they taught pet parrots how to make video calls, and the birds developed long-distance friendships as a result. The team, composed of researchers from Northeastern University, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and the University of Glasgow, released a study titled Birds of a Feather Video Flock Together, colon, design and evaluation of an agency-based parrot-to-parrot video calling system for interspecies ethical enrichment. You know, there's one uh-huh. thing about these about these studies. I think they hire somebody to come up with the longest and most convoluted title they possibly can. They all have that. <laughs> the study involved parrots learning to ring a bell that would result in a caretaker bringing them a tablet. The birds would use their beaks to select a photo of another bird on their screen, and a video call would then be initiated. The parrots displayed behaviors during the calls that mimic the behaviors of birds in the wild, the team says. Um, Jennifer Kuna, a parrot behaviorist from Northwestern University, says what the other bird would do, they would do, singing back and forth. So there were a lot of natural behaviors we saw between the two birds, even though there was a screen between them. The researchers Uh said the parrots started to develop friendships through the video calls, showing preferences for repeatedly placing video calls to the same long-distance companions. The study suggests bird-to-bird video calls can improve behavior, the behavior and well-being of parrots kept as pets, especially those who are the only parrots in their homes. (laughs) All right, so listen up, parrot parrot parents. You've got to you're going to have to go out and spend about a thousand dollars on an iPad for your parrot now. Wow. So it can keep up with Polly in some other country. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. You know, that people have the time to do this, but you know, <laughs> I got to tell you and I are paying for work, this somehow. People. Yeah. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Max show. And Mark, you and I have never really spent a lot of time talking about, um, uh, the superhero movies, the comic book movies and things like that. Although we both have watched them, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. I find them entertaining. You know, I don't have any problem with stuff like that. Right. Entertainment. I mean, you know, sure. just for the sake of entertainment. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I really, the, I really like the Iron Man stuff. It yeah. cracks me up. Um, but I told you before, the only reason I watched the first Iron Man was really because of Robert Downey Jr. And John Favreau. Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't know. There was a history of this guy as a comic book. I didn't know. <laughs> Neither did I. I, and no. <laughs> I had no clue. This is just not my, it was never my thing. I've never yeah. mocked anybody for the, um, you know, being a fan of comic books or anything else, mainly because I, I don't like to mock people for what they're passionate about. Right. Yeah. Just because I don't get it doesn't mean it's goofy. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I probably should take that back. But anyway, <laughs> okay. Iron Man is not a character you would want to emulate. But no. the heart and soul of the man is actually, you know, in the right place. And right. if if not for him, Mark, 
you know, when we talk about the snapping of the fingers and everybody mm-hmm. going away, and yeah. I know that all of you listening don't really know what happened because y'all yeah. were gone, and, but <laughs> we were left behind during the snapping of the fingers, and yeah. we remember. The gap, yes. Yeah, that was a tough thing to deal with, I'm telling you. And so, you know, Tony is Tony Stark. I am Iron Man. That right. is the, you know. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> there are big fans who have made it a, a deal there to collect are. his stuff. Yeah, there are. And uh, there's a guy in Peru. He's a comic book fan. He has a collection of over 1,500 pieces of memorabilia related to Marvel hero Iron Man. Wow. And because of that, he's got a Guinness World Record. What is oh, that? cool. Ah, love it. Shucks, I wouldn't know, Dad. It looks like a lamb. <laughs> Miguel Andres Javier told Guinness World Records his first Iron Man item was an action figure he bought secondhand in 2007. And the release of the first Iron Man film the following year inspired him to accumulate more items. Javier's collection now includes 1,548 pieces, including action figures, statues, books, DVDs, clothing items, backpacks, and more. The collector said he appreciates Iron Man's sense of humor and intelligence, as well as the hero's human flaws, such as his arrogance and inflated ego. He said collecting Iron Man items allowed him to form connections with other fans. Guinness World Records said Javier's collection dwarfs that of the previous record holder, Philippines Iron Man fan John Nathaniel Laxamana, whose total was tallied by the record-keeping organization at 351 items. <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> that's a big difference man. he's got like five times as much stuff it's just crazy you know i and i mean this in a very in a serious way if you can yeah. be but i wonder um people that are actually comic book fans fans of tony stark and iron man that mm-hmm. whole thing if they like the movies or not hmm. or if they kind of you know because sometimes uh, like people that like a particular book but then the movie version comes out and they're like, oh, you know? Yeah, they tend to take it's, liberties with the yeah. uh, screen versions of things. And people who are really into the characters from their books, graphic novels, uh, comic books, right. etc., will sit back and go, yeah, they really ruined that story. because." And then they go into this litany of all the yeah. things that were changed. You know, right. Kind of like, well, or the opposite effect. If you've ever read the book Forrest Gump by Winston Groom, yeah. and then you see the movie, you're like, wow. Thank goodness Winston, they cut that part out. Yes. Yeah. They, they, my goodness. I'm telling you, the movie with the Forrest Gump, the movie is so much different than the book and so much better than the book. Yeah. That Winston Groom ought never complain. He ought to say thank you, you know? <laughs> anyway. So I just kept kind of curious if the people who are big fans of the yeah. comic book like or don't like it. I'll have to look hmm. it up and find out. But yeah. I, I just like it because I'm always cheering for Morton. For Morton. Robert Downey Jr. Right now, <laughs> he's stuck in your head from earlier. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's just the I, guy had you. such a tough lot in life. His, he did not have good parenting growing he up. He was the one character out of the entire Marvel universe that I felt like carried his own weight. You know, yeah. There are other there were other characters, and th- that's all well and good, and they've had their own focus in in their own films. But mm-hmm. the Iron Man. The whole Tony Stark Iron Man character just seemed to stand up better than all the rest of them to me. Yeah. And when they, oh, sorry, spoiler, bumped him off finally when he finally yeah. when he finally dies, it's just like nothing's been the same. I've seen some of the other stuff, you know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and it just it just doesn't hold up as well without Iron Man. I really think wow. he, I think Iron Man was that little that little keystone that held that whole group together and. Wow. And since then, just in my opinion, having watched the other movies, I don't think they hold up as well. I just mm. don't. I haven't watched one since he died. Well, yeah. 
if you haven't seen it, it's been so many years. Come on. It has. You know, Come it's on. like, hey, and you know what? Bruce Willis was a ghost. <laughs> liferadio.fm it is the mark and mag show friday edition so funny man um this week has been an odd little week you Mm -hmm. know just a lot of different things happening in the world yeah and then yesterday um the we get a text they have um our little league team i don't know how many of them have it but i know that different sporting goods stores offer apps that you can use for little league and things like that that actually make it really easy to communicate with the team and our team has one, Bray, not our, Braylon's team has one mm-hmm. of these. Uh, and so you you get messages, you know, about practice and games, and it's just very helpful. That is cool, um, yeah. Because we had the chance of bad weather in our area yesterday, they canceled the game early. I mean, we're talking 8 o'clock in the morning. They made the call, we're going to cancel. Yeah. And the reason is you got a chance for lightning and things like that. You yeah. don't want kids out there with aluminum bats, you know. Right, yeah. Uh, anyway, so. They canceled it, and there was no reason to cancel it. wasn't even raining at game time last night. Right. At least in our area, it wasn't. Yeah. But anyway, I, I say that because it's just one of those things in in Alabama that we have, I think, the best weather anywhere because we can have we, we can have all four seasons in a week. Uh, <laughs> some years we have a protracted spring, you know. Yes, yes. Other times we don't. There are times when, I'm not kidding you, that we will go from winter and then spring will be two weeks, and then summer. You know, it just, yikes, man. And this has it's been, true. you know, it got warm in February for a couple of days, if you remember, you know, right. where we were yep. in the 80s. Yep. And it looked like spring was coming way early. But then, it kind of like, hey, we're going to tease you and then mm. level off. Yeah. And since then, and I, I always got, my guide is the swimming pool. You know, it's yeah. like, do, you know, because... The weather has to be, a, for me, the weather has to be a certain way in the overnight hours for me to waste a lot of time on it. Yeah. Just simple enough. I'm not going to waste time on the pool if you can't swim in it. Right. And I'm not putting a heater on it now because the kids yeah. have all moved out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they have their own kids now. So if they want to have a heated pool, they can spend the money on a heated pool. Yeah. Papa doesn't need to. <laughs> right. But anyway, <laughs> so with this protracted springtime, you know, here we are. We're yeah. pushing May. Yeah. And, and my pool's still not ready and it won't be for another couple of weeks probably. Wow. Because, it, well, it just hasn't been there. We haven't had, usually by the end of April, it's ready and we're just waiting for the water to get warmer, you know? Mm, yeah. uh, but now it's, we have not had that kind of spring. We've had a very mild yeah. spring, had a very mild winter. Very, And I know Mark, this has to be climate change. It has to, <laughs> because we've never seen this before in our the history yeah. of our life. It's yeah. never been like this before. Yeah, right. Ever. <laughs> Isn't it funny that that's the way everybody you know, all of these yeah. people. And the thing is they spread that they, because of social media, they spread that around and everybody's talking about, oh, you know, we've never had a winter like this or a spring like right. this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We have, yeah, <laughs> we've had even weirder ones, you know, yep. you just, you're just too, you don't know about it because mm-hmm. a you're under, you know, 50 years old B right. you live your life on social media and get all of yeah. your information <laughs> there and, and C cb because right. you live your life on social media <laughs> and, and this is funny i i told you i kind of gauged the springtime based on the pool mm-hmm. and um it was a 2000 i'm trying i think it was 15 but there was one year where we did not have spring you know we had winter mm-hmm. and then we had a really chilly spring 
And then the week of Memorial Day, like that Tuesday, it got above 90 degrees and <laughs> stayed there yeah. till September. Oh, that's never like happened we went, before. Yeah, and there you go. That's why I'm saying, because this is that year. This is the yep. year that's going to be like that. And yeah. it's it's just never happened before. I can remember it in Braylon's lifetime and the kids ate. Okay. Yeah, right. Come on. <laughs> uh, the frustration amount. So I'm guessing right about now, because of man-made climate change, we should all be driving electric cars. And hey, since the average guy, like our Jerry Riviera, he looks at his electric car as a Bentley. Yes. The electric Bentley. He yeah, actually that's, said that the other day. I was oh, amazed. He can't, he can't understand why anybody wouldn't just want to go electric. Just go just go electric. I'm looking at the, my next car. is probably going to be the electric Bentley. He just kind of blows it off like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to buy electric. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you would you would say that like everybody yes. else can identify with yes. it. Yes, you're so out of touch. You're so, you've been so wealthy for so long. You can't imagine, right. you know, not living on a sailboat. You can't imagine, yeah. you know, n- not just. Yeah. Oh, I think I'll buy the electric version of the Bentley next time. And by the way, the electric version, <laughs> the baseline model, the cheapest one is two hundred fifteen thousand dollars. Right. Yeah. For the <laughs> cheapest one they've got. Uh huh. <laughs> i'm you know i'm all for success i'm glad he's yes. got i'm glad he's been successful i'm all for that i'm all yeah. for being wealthy i'm all mm-hmm. for it you know as yep. long as you use you know you use your money the right way that's fine you do what you want to with it but you know assuming that everybody can live like you that's just <laughs> that's just dumb it's just dumb it comes people like Geraldo completely out of touch with the average guy. And that's the thing. They're pitching all of this because of man-made climate change. We must become, we must go all electric on cars. But what they don't tell you is that there's slavery and child labor involved in gathering the materials for the batteries. There's, there's tremendous environmental damage done by the mining to, to get the part, you know, to produce the, components for the electric mm-hmm. cars there's it's just a different kind of destruction they're just trading one for another right. in the name of saving the environment and then pretending you won't look behind the curtain to see the environment being destroyed to make the electric cars <laughs> it's just ridiculous <laughs> liferadio.fm the market max show it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood it's friday um in just a little while it will be the weekend and then after that sleep nap mm. sleep nap sleep nap sleep nap right. sleep yeah i'm oh. kinda, you and what uh, programming note not here next week oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. week off yeah taking it baby taking yeah. it um you we've talking you and i have both on and off air talking about electric cars and, and the different things about them and I'm fascinated by the whole idea of a different type of propulsion system for mm-hmm. vehicles, yeah. mainly because and batteries too. Because the what we're basically using uh, still to this day, the the big battery we have in our cars, most of us, and the internal combustion engine, they while they are much improved over what existed back in 1905, yeah, they really are what was in 1905, just a better version the of same that. base they system. Had, yeah, yes, it's an it's an ICE engine internal combustion engine that's all it is and i the, you know when i started thinking about this and this goes back years ago when we were at wdjc in birmingham and we went downtown birmingham to bebco yes uh, birmingham electric battery company and the guy that was showing us around was talking about the history of their company and that it was started in like whatever 1904 or 5 uh, because uh there was a and it, there was a belief that electric cars would be used not gas yeah uh, because in the early days 
uh, the I you know they were clean. Uh, they mm-hmm. went as yeah. fast as gasoline powered cars did at the time for the most part, you know, and it was just a different driving history because people didn't have, you know, <laughs> when you talk to your dad about the car he had growing up, it was a horse, you know, right. Most and, of the roads were dirt. Yeah. yeah th- things like that. There was no interstate and, system. People didn't drive no. across country. Right. Yeah. No. And so it, it made sense. But anyway, um, I, you were mentioning something a minute ago and I just talking about electric cars mm-hmm. and, um, the real, the reality here, and I don't know if people know this, the average electric car requires the equivalent of 85 pounds of coal or six barrels of oil for a single charge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So whenever people, t- and you mentioned this with Jerry Riviera and the mm-hmm. Bentley. Yeah. It's like, if you're into electric cars and then don't say you're in it for the environment because it's not a wash. Okay. <laughs> no, there is a real problem here. When people suggest we should be driving electric when it does more damage to the environment in the long run than the gasoline powered car. Mm -hmm. It just boggles my mind. But, okay, the reason they think this way, the reason is if you go back to Kamala Harris, okay, and what she said about solar power, all right? Yeah. She said it out loud a couple of years ago, and it was, she was talking to the military, and said, wouldn't it be cool to just carry your rolled up uh, solar panel and out in the uh, desert? You open it up and boom, you have power. <laughs> you don't have to lug the gallon, the gasoline cans and all that. You just, and so. Too bad it doesn't work we, like that. <laughs> right. It doesn't work like that. And, but she doesn't know that uh-huh. they're so smart that they have become dumb mm-hmm. and they don't know how, if it worked that way, if it really, if solar energy worked the way she thinks it does, yeah, then it would be awesome. And it explains why so many liberals think you and I are really bad off intelligence wise because we don't, you know, want to do these certain things. Mm-hmm. It's because it doesn't work that way. Yeah. If it did, we'd all use it, but it doesn't work that right. way. Yeah. And, and that's I, the shame. And it's all actually a, the, the vast majority of it is built on the presumption that quote, renewable power sources end quote are the, are the solution. And they're at hand right now. This is, we'll be able to do this. We have wind, we have wind power, you know, with all the generators, we have solar arrays, we have all of this stuff out there and we can make the transition. But the fact of the matter is we're nowhere near ready. The technology for solar is literally, even though it's been around for quite some time, it's literally still in its infancy. It is so new that there are a lot of problems with it they don't tell you about <laughs> not to mention the expense of it and right. the environmental impact of building right. the systems themselves because right. those big solar cells are built out of stuff you have to take out of the ground and you have to destroy the environment to do it and the big the big wind power generators those big uh, those big windmills they're also they're killing birds they're uh, mm-hmm. it looks like they're killing whales where they put them in the yeah. oceans it's uh <laughs> yeah it, yeah, it does. They're starting what? to have yeah, they're starting to have issues with with uh, large with large sea mammal kills with deaths. With and it, it could be because they're producing vibrations that are confusing them, and and as a result, they're not eating properly or whatever, and they're having big like whales are dying because of it. Yeah. The things that are they're they're having an environmental impact they don't ever talk about. They just yeah. say this is the path to the future, and I like to say it's not ready for prime time. It's just not there. It, they're they're basing it all on something that's not ready to handle the load, and 
right now, if everybody, let's just say they pass a law and the 1st of January, 2024, everybody has to have an electric car and they subsidize it by taking it off your taxes or whatever. So they make it affordable for you. So you can actually go buy an electric car. You trade your gas guzzler in and buy an electric car. The next day, there will be lines miles long at charging stations. People won't show up to work. Things will start breaking down because our system is not ready to handle it. We can't do it. It's just not there and won't be for quite some time. But they keep pushing it like it's the future. Well, it may be the future, but it sure isn't the near future. Life Radio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, uh, Vacation Eve for Mark. Yeah. Kind of digging that right about now. Hey, man, you know, when you're going to be traveling Florida to New Orleans and all that, um, I just throwing it out there, you might want to pick up a couple of uh, lottery tickets mm. and then keep up with them, you yeah. know, because yeah. there's a guy in there. There was a man, not an ordinary man, but a man in Missouri that had a Powerball ticket for a million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't know he won. He didn't wow. for three months. He he didn't know. Um, the man told Missouri lottery officials he bought his ticket for the January 2nd Powerball drawing from the on the run store on Manchester Road in Rock Hill. But his lottery routine doesn't include checking his tickets right after the drawings. <laughs> he says, I have an alarm set for me to check my tickets every three months. So I didn't know for a while. The man said his alarm went off three months after the drawing, and he was shocked when he checked the January 2nd ticket from his stack, saying, I looked at it, and I'd won a million dollars. The player <laughs> oh, wow. said his wife had a hard time taking his word for it. <laughs> he says, I told my wife, and she thought it was a joke. Wow. Uh, he says his prize money is going to go towards finishing some projects around the house and saving for retirement. Well, Okay. That, that's until the relatives show up and want to slice it. Right. Out. Yes. You know, that, that's the, oh, well. You and know, you got the money. You can pay my car off. Oh, it happens to all of them. You it know, does. it really does. That's why it's so funny, though. Well, funny, sad. Just look up stories. We could go on for days. Yeah, I've done it. I've actually spent time looking up, you know, um, what people have done when they win the lottery, you know, and it's just, <laughs> it's crazy. It is. It really is. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, if you're not prepared for really great things like that, you know, okay, you buy the ticket and you win. Mm -hmm. The reason you're buying the ticket is because you don't have that kind of money. Right. Because rich people don't pay, play the lottery. <laughs> and most of us wouldn't know what to do with it. I mean, our dreams are pretty small, you know, when it comes yeah. to money. Yeah. And, and because of that, we, for the most part, would not know how to handle it. Right. So, anyway, just throwing it out there. Hopefully, yeah, well, he should have stopped at trying to convince his wife. You tell her one time, I won. And she doesn't <laughs> oh, believe you. That's it. Oh, you're right. Okay. Didn't yeah. win. I was kidding. April Fool's. <laughs> radio.fm the mark and mag show you know mark whenever i see a story that deals with logos mm. um i'm reminded of when um when you and i first got together as a morning show that nathan park is the one that put us together in 2000 yeah and the fall of 99 actually and, and anyway the uh company that i was working with had the very established um magic 96 in yes. birmingham yes and it had been you know a top five station for years as the adult contemporary station in the market, mm -hmm. uh, you know, very established station logo, the whole nine. Well, 
because they had this logo that had been used pretty much, you know, with some little tweaks over the years, but for 20 years, okay, it was established as the colors and all that of Magic 96. And a new promo, and I was working for that company. Now, a new promotions director was hired, and she was having trouble, I, you know, kind of creating her own identity. And so she was trying to look for ways to change things. One of those was, uh, <laughs> bless her heart, change the logo Uh-oh. for Magic 96. And it wasn't a ma- it was not a minor change. It right. was a total overhaul of everything. The and the and she sold this bill of goods wow. to the bosses who were now way older than she was. And they thought, well, she's younger, she's hipper, she's more into this. We we need to follow her. Right. So they did. And they changed the entire color scheme. Well, in the process of doing that, I changed. I took the job to work with Mark and I left the company I was with and joined this new company. And we were working on the logo. And it was in that same time period where magic unveiled their new one and it was red and gold or something. I can't remember what it was, but it was bad. Yeah. And so I went in and I said, okay, stop all you're doing. Here's what we can do. And I pulled the logo out and I said, boom, use the same script, the same colors, use everything. (laughs) And we did. So immediately there was a familiar identity mm-hmm. yeah. of the logo. Yeah. And because what we were doing was so different and unique for the format that it just kind of all happened at the same time. Yeah. And within six weeks, six months, the Mark and Mac show, when we started, the station was in 18th place. Mm. Six months later, number five. Yeah. And I'm not saying it was the logo, but I'm saying there were a lot of things that went into this. Yeah. You lot. don't throw out something no. that is that established. You no. just don't. And so no. whenever I see a logo story, that's what I'm reminded of. Well, yeah. this, this logo story, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought was, was, this is, this is an example of somebody really over examining something. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Chances are you've seen the instantly recognizable McDonald's logo. Right. You've seen it countless. Right. When you close your eyes, what do you think of? I when get, you think of McDonald's, what are you picturing, Mark? Red background, yellow M. Yeah, that's what golden you, arches. The golden arches. That's what you think of, right? Um, and you you've seen it countless times over the course of your life, whether you're a fan of their fast food or not. You may not have put much thought into how the design was dreamt up, though, uh, or the clever psychological tactics that went into choosing the bright red and yellow colors. There's psychology involved, they say. I didn't. The no, me neither. The specific choice of red and yellow isn't just to make the sign stand out. This, according to a psychologist and leading color expert named Karen Haller, and these eye-catching shades could well be tempting you into the golden arches without you even realizing it. She hmm. writes, quote, looking at the positive psychology qualities of red and yellow in relation to the fast food industry, red triggers stimulation, appetite, hunger. It attracts attention. Yellow triggers the feelings of happiness and friendliness. When you combine red and yellow, it's about speed, quickness, in, eat, and out again. <laughs> yellow is about is almost the most visible uh it's also the most visible color in daylight which is why the McDonald's M can be seen from a far distance. The language wow. of color is communicated quicker to the brain than words or shapes as they work directly on our feelings and emotions. Wow. I just thought wow. it was mustard and ketchup. You know, I thought it was french fries and ketchup. Really? I did, you know, yeah, yeah the go- you know, red and yellow. That's what I, I was didn't thinking. Know. Yeah. I I wow. I, I think she's probably uh, as they say, making it up as she goes. Because <laughs> I know it's kind of like the dog whisperer. It yeah. really is, and it it made me think about something from uh, if you've ever been to uh, Walt Disney World, uh, to the Animal Kingdom Park and ridden the dinosaur 
ride. You have seen uh, these red, white, and yellow pipes running through the, the queue, the line area. Mm-hmm. And there's a story behind that that ties directly to McDonald's. And that yeah. is that McDonald's used to supply. They used to, they used to have burgers and fries on property. It was McDonald's stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So the French fries were all McDonald's. You could buy an order of fries and they were McDonald's fries. And McDonald's for a long time was known for having the best French fries in the fast food industry. And that's what Disney wanted in the park was the best French fries available. So they got them. Well, those red, white, and yellow pipes all have chemical formulas on them. So supposedly they're all delivering some sort of special chemistry <laughs> to the time, the time travel thing that's going on in this ride. The chemical formulas are the fit chemical formulas for mustard, ketchup, and mayonnaise. <laughs> because McDonald's used to be in the park. Wow. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. You know, when you look at the things that have changed in our lifetime, um, back in the day, like in the 70s, uh, Burt Reynolds wore a hairpiece. Yeah. And he did make fun of it. You know, it wasn't like he ever hit it. Uh, I've seen things with him on Johnny Carson, you know, talking about hair. Yes. And, you know, he said when I was younger, it started here and now it's back here and um, (laughs) just making jokes about it. And then going and watching movies like you, Terry Bradshaw, the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, mm. um, when he would do things away from the football field, he would wear a toupee. Yeah. And you're kind of like, dude, if, if most, when we see you on TV, you're on the sidelines and you've got your helmet off, we see that you're bald. And then we see you on TV and in the movies and you've got a hairpiece on. It's like <laughs> this, you know, come on. Uh, anyway, when you sent me this picture, okay. <laughs> Wow is all I can say. Just wow. I get it. Okay. I get it. Some guys have just got to get this thing about losing their hair. I get yep. it. I, I do. I, it, I understand. But one thing you have to realize is that at some point in your life, your, your method of coping with your hair loss is going to look worse than your hair loss looks. Yep. <laughs> you just, have wow. to, you just have to be a man and admit it. It can be hard to accept when your hairline starts to recede, but it's just part of life. It really is. That being said, there are things you can do from getting a toupee to getting a hair transplant. One guy, so saddened by his thinned out hairline, he decided the perfect solution would be to get his lost hairline tattooed back on. Wow. Yeah, it, it, you're right. It does look ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> and that's the picture I sent you. To. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's sad. It's that really bad. 26-year-old Gianluca from Italy visited his local tattoo parlor and made the unusual request to the amusement of tattoo artist Maria Gina Altabelli. Maria from Italy owns and works at Gypsy G Tattoo and Piercing in Fondi, and she recorded the process of tattooing this guy's head with the design in the video the tattoo artist can be seen using a stencil to add black bangs onto Gian, uh, Gianluca's uh, forehead <laughs> after inking the design he then looks himself in the mirror and cries <clears throat> not clear whether or not it's from happiness or not <laughs> maria says obviously i was skeptical when he asked me for that tattoo but in the end i'm very happy with the work really yeah i think i would strike her right off your list of places to go wow. if you want a tattoo because if wow. she's happy with it, it looks so bad. I mean, it, it there's even there's baldness on the backside of the tattoo. I mean, it goes up his forehead, up above his eyebrows, and then uh. there's bald space, and then there's hair. It's just 
it's so bad. I mean, it looks like it looks like somebody took a stencil and a spray can and painted hair on his head. Mm-hmm. You know, which by the way, you can buy that hair in a can. Yeah, yeah, you you know? Can. I know but somebody who uses obviously, it. <laughs> obviously, and it is not me, by the way. No, when he no, says that it ain't no, me. it's not right. you. No. She says, obviously, I was skeptical when he asked me for that tattoo, but in the end. I'm very happy with the work. This explains the audition process of American Idol. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the uh, Mark and Mac show. And this is an interesting take. Yeah. Um, well, you know, magnets are a really fascinating thing when you, and most of us don't think about them in depth. Right. You know, yeah, we yeah. just, I don't, I mean, do you? No. I mean, yeah. if you do, you're probably way smarter than I am. Because I think, like, when um, on Big Bang Theory, when Sheldon was explaining monopoles, you know, mm. and it was like, wait a minute, you have a magnet has a north and south, and you cut it in half, and it still has a north and south. Mm. Okay, I get it. <laughs> I don't know why I get it, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. Monopole is, you know, doesn't do that. Anyway, right. so... It's, it goes past what I can imagine, but it's funny because when you start looking at magnets and how they're used in motors, it's like something you would think of when you're about 10 yeah. and you're thinking, if I placed magnets and staggered them like this, right, it yeah. would be almost a perpetual motion machine because right. it would, yeah. and you, yeah. you realize later, wait a minute, this process that you thought of when you're 10 mm-hmm. is really mm-hmm. what's being used. You mean if I wind wires around this? And then pass it by magnets real fast. That produces electricity. What? Yep. There you go. <laughs> and pretty it, weird, you know yeah. the thing is, but a lot of us we stop at. Well, why does that work? You yeah. know, if you yeah. ask, you have to just in the world of science, you really do have to just accept some things that happen without knowing why. Yeah. You yeah, have to just true. it. It just does, you know. And it's like, <laughs> but but wait a minute. You know, how does positive track on a Chevy work? Yeah, that's it just right. does. Yeah. It just does. Yeah. How's the automatic transmission work? It's magic. Right. Don't worry about yep. it. Yeah. Well, magnets have a lot of uses, as we've just covered. There are a lot of things they can be used for. But Dr. Wat Lun of the Wiwat X-ray Clinic Lab in Chonburi, Thailand, he regularly shares photos of his medical cases on social media. But it was one of his most recent patients that drew some unusual levels of attention on Facebook. The Thai doctor posted a couple of photos, one showing two black plates and another of a patient's stitched fingers following minor surgery. The photos aren't that impressive, but it was the story behind the photos that caused the post to go viral. The rest of the story. (laughs) Apparently, one of his patients had magnetic plates embedded in his fingertips 40 years ago. Wow. To help him cheat at a popular dice game called High Low, also known as Sikbo. The Thai doctor explained that the man, whose name has not been disclosed, only came in to have the magnets removed because he needed to board an airplane and he was afraid the magnets would be detected by airport security devices. His days of of, uh, high-low dice gambling were probably behind him as well, so he decided to visit a clinic. The doctor wrote, he came and asked to have them taken out because he wants to take a flight and is scared the magnets will set off an alarm at airport security. When I cut open his fingers... I found two very tightly embedded magnets. Hmm. Well, he told you that's what you were going to (laughs) find. I mean, so I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I Hmm. just, I, 
it's just amazing to me. This guy, he's decided I found the perfect cheat for this dice game, mm-hmm. right? I'll just yeah. have magnets embedded in my fingertips. Mm-hmm. How many things during those 40 years has he put his hand on and gone, oh, nuts, I'm stuck, you know? <laughs> liferadio.fm the uh, mark and mac show getting ready to wind down for the week and then a week off kind of excited about that one but what it wouldn't be a friday show if we didn't have a really good stupid criminal for you know the ending of the week mark give me a good one buddy okay you asked for it you got it Prosecutors say a Chicago man burglarized a Lincoln Park family's home while they slept. Then he got arrested three hours later for driving the family's car while <laughs> intoxicated. Um, <laughs> I think rule number one in the yeah. <laughs> in the book is wow. don't attract the attention of the cops with a stolen wow. car. 33-year-old Don Owens was ordered to pay $10,000 a $10,000 bail deposit to be released from jail by Judge Charles Beach during a bail hearing Wednesday afternoon. Surveillance video from the family's home showed a burglar climbing over their back fence early on April 8th and entering the house by removing a sliding glass door from its track. The home wow. burglar alarm activated as the family slept, but the homeowner ignored it because he thought it was malfunctioning. It wasn't. Ah. It wasn't. Wow. The burglar took a fanny pack and car keys from the home, then entered the family's garage and drove away in their SUV. Three hours later, cops pulled the SUV over for a DUI investigation and arrested Owens. Officers impounded the car and found the stolen fanny pack containing the homeowner's credit cards and passport inside. The victim reported the car stolen about seven hours after the break-in upon discovering it was missing. Owens did admit to the crime. He's charged with residential burglary and possession of a stolen motor vehicle. The DUI case is still pending. Wow. That there's so much wrong with this, but just there, there to start, <laughs> if you go to the trouble of having uh, an alarm, put it, you know, system put on your home uh-huh. and it goes off in the middle of the night, checking on it probably is your top two or three responses, not roll yeah. over. It's probably fake. Yeah. Even if it is fake, you check it out at three in the morning, you know? Yes, you do, yes. Holy moly. Yep. (laughs) If it's been malfunctioning, you've got two choices. You can either leave it running and check it whenever it malfunctions or shut it off. Yeah, but ignoring it? Ignoring it? No, that's not one of your options. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And then there's stealing the vehicle and then getting wasted and driving drunk. That's... Yeah. Hello? Why would a guy like that bother bailing out? You know, just stay. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show. And the last break before Marky Mark goes on an extended training trip. Um, <laughs> training. Yeah, training for retirement. That's what it is. Is that it's what it training. is? Training. Yeah. The thing is, is that when you're going to take a trip that includes the beach and New Orleans, mm, you know? Yeah. It almost sounds like a college spring break. But it almost does, except I this will, is I, like the I will elderly see, spring break. I will never see a beach. Wow. That's what's sad. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. I will never get into I'll get within a few miles of it, but I'll never see it. Wow. <laughs> and, and then uh, um, actually we'll pass by that big, you know, the big neon Pensacola Beach sign right? on our way yeah. elsewhere. We will never wow. go down that way. Wow. And, and then um, 
And then, and then you will go near Bourbon Street because uh, you yeah, well, know, I probably will in, be on Bourbon Street because my son oh, runs a rest, my son runs See? a restaurant on Bourbon Street, and we'll probably go there visit go. the place. So, well, I hope you do. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, otherwise, how's he going to know you're there? <laughs> probably that's probably the case we'll probably right. in order to see him and visit with him we'll probably mm-hmm. have to go sit at the clover grill on the corner <laughs> on bourbon street and order coffee and, and stuff and sit and chat wow. with him because he manages the place that's, that's how we'll see him <laughs> he is it, it's an o and o man it's a all right mark but yeah. here we go anyway before we leave a man is arrested after threatening to kill a police sergeant rut row Standing on its own, one can understand that, right? Mm, I mean, that's not like a headline. Right. So I have to wonder, what were the conditions that were going on that brought about this man being arrested? Well, Dave, I'm glad you asked. (laughs) (laughs) It's a cop story! What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? According to Connecticut State Police, a sergeant was getting into his police vehicle when a man sitting in another car started to shout at him. Probably not an unusual occurrence. The man, later identified as 29-year-old Raymond Lipinski, reportedly asked the sergeant if he was a cop. When the sergeant confirmed he was a member of law enforcement, Lipinski told him that he kills cops. Wow. <clears throat> a spokesperson for the Connecticut State Police said, quote, using profane language, the male went on to threaten to kill the sergeant specifically. Wow. The sergeant attempted to take Lipinski, uh, Lipinski into custody, but the man made an obscene hand gesture while yelling profanities and took off from the scene in a Honda sedan. Hmm. Police said they were able to locate Lipinski a short time later, but due to him traveling at speeds over 100 miles per hour, they terminated the pursuit. Hmm. In a Honda? Uh, According to authorities, police spotted Lipinski on Tuesday, and they were able to take him into custody while he was armed with a knife and yelling obscenities at officers. Wow. Uh, The police spokesperson said officers sustained minor injuries during the struggle to secure Lipinski in the cruiser. State police said the 29-year-old also had outstanding warrants for his arrest from other police departments. Wow. You may say, duh, here. Mm. The Mm. 29-year-old is facing charges that include assault of a public safety officer, reckless driving, and carrying a dangerous weapon. And operating a motor vehicle while insane should be in there. Actually, there were two other tickets. One of them was for his registration sticker being out of date. (laughs) And the other was not wearing a seatbelt. So we got all that going for us now, Mark. Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings only on liferadio.fm.